What's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. What a great weekend of football it was in the Big 12 Conference, Week 11 in the books, and let's dive right into it as we recap four games in order. Before we do that, as always, please leave a rating, review, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play helps us out tremendously, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return if you leave a rating and review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So we appreciate you doing that, and we will send you something in return. Let's talk Baylor TCU. The Bears stay undefeated, beat TCU in triple overtime. Uh, Both these defenses played well for the most part, but the offenses for both teams were suspect at times. So, like, Baylor would have five in the box and TCU would keep throwing. And then Baylor, I don't believe they ran Charlie Brewer enough early in this game, including down on the goal line on the drive where they kicked their second field goal, you know, to make it 9-6. They're trying to throw to Denzel Mims in a tight slot who's being guarded by Jeff Gladney, who's going to be a future NFL cornerback. I mean, why are you doing that on third and goal from like inside the five? That made no sense to me whatsoever. No sense at all. Uh, And then also in regulation, how about a little round of applause for John Mayers? I mean, talk about a guy whose body is a wonderland. He misses a 32-yard field goal in the first half. Uh, Team is down 9-0 in the first half, and then he hits three of three in the second half to tie the game at nine, including a 51-yarder, the last of three, which basically sent this game to overtime. Absolutely incredible performance by him, and he deserves a ton of props for how this game uh, went down and for getting this game to overtime. Without his 51-yarder, I mean, Baylor is now a one-loss team, has no shot of getting to a college football playoff, and is probably not getting college game day next week, so... All the John Mayers, great job by him. Uh, Let's talk about overtime. First off, the catch by Tavalian's Hunt of TCU in the first overtime to send it to a second overtime was incredible. Uh, That is is the catch of the year in the Big 12 Conference. No doubt in my mind, it's the catch of the year in the Big 12 Conference. Goes up, left corner, comes down, right arm in. uh, Just an incredible grab by Tavalian's Hunt uh, for TCU. Second overtime, Denzel Mims catch to tie things up because TCU got the ball first in the second overtime. Underappreciated grab there by Denzel Mims to tie up that game. Great job by him. And then in the third overtime, Baylor scores. Then TCU um, has to score a two-point conversion would win. If not, they would have gone to a fourth overtime since Baylor missed out on the two-point conversion. The Max Duggan run that was overturned. It's the right call, guys. I'm sorry, TCU fans. Right call. I saw it from three different angles. Foot was out of bounds. And uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough. But it was the right call for Max Duggan. I'm sorry he was out of bounds. So Baylor goes on to win this game in triple overtime. And let's first look at it from the TCU perspective. All right? You know, uh, Max Duggan had more incompletions than completions. He was 14 to 32 with three interceptions. Think about that. Somebody told you that your true freshman quarterback would go 14 to 32 with three picks and 66 rushing yards, and you take this game to triple overtime against a undefeated top 15 team. You would have signed up, right? And Max Duggan is the guy. I mean, he's going to be a great quarterback, I believe, at this level in this conference. And Gary Patterson said as much after the game, saying that um, – Duggan is a foundation, as a foundation of a player is solid. 
that means he's not going anywhere. He's got good wheels as well. Uh, don't disrespect Max Duggan's wheels. He's got good wheels, man. And uh, I'm excited to see what his future is going to be like with this program in this conference. I think it's going to be really good. He's just going through freshman growing pains. But for Baylor, you know what? Uh, they won this game for the reasons I thought they would win this game. They continue to dominate and get sacks in the backfield. They had three yesterday. They lead the Big 12 with 29 this season. They had three interceptions yesterday. They have 10 this season. This team had 10 total interceptions in Matt Rule's first two years combined. They have 10 so far this season. And this defense, I mean, you can't say enough about Phil Snow and this defense. For the eighth time in nine games, the Baylor defense did not allow a touchdown in the first quarter. They've allowed 41 first-half points this season. I Think about that. 41 first-half points. Do the math real quick, right? I mean, you're talking about six points a half? It's incredible, give or take. Um, in eight of nine games this year, They've held opponents to 21 or less points in regulation. Incredible number. I mean, just an incredible number for Phil Snow's defense. They have so much to be proud of. The defense is the reason this team is undefeated. I mean, I love Charlie Brewer. Uh, I'll get to him in a second here. I love him, and they have great wide receivers, but this team is not even close to forget playoff contention, Big 12 contention without this defense playing the way it has. Charlie Brewer, he's just, he runs like an SOB. He's a tough son of a gun. But at some point, Charlie Brewer's got to know when to get rid of the damn ball. I mean, please, Charlie, you got to throw it away sometimes, man. You got to do it. All right? I mean, I love his grit, his tenacity, his fight. But he's going to, at one point, at some point, I don't know if it's this season or next season, it's going to blow Baylor a huge game. It's just going to it's just gonna do that. All right, let's get to game two. Texas Tech blows out West Virginia. Uh, Tech scored touchdowns on the first five drives of the game. Game was over by then. And can we defend Matt Wells here for a minute? You know, not the majority of Tech fans, but a portion of Tech fans have been on Matt Wells thinking he's not the guy for the job. And first off, you can't judge him half a season in. You can't do it, okay? Uh, Let's remember this story, too. You may have heard this, but Matt Rule mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He goes, if we had an early signing period, my first year coming to Baylor, this program would not be where it is now. The early signing period hurts coaches who are getting new jobs because they now have like two weeks to try to recruit guys who want to sign early. That means they have no shot at them. You can't recruit a guy in two weeks. You can't do it. Okay? Um, And Matt Wells, you really can't judge him. You're not going to be able to judge Matt Wells until probably midway through the 2021 season. I know Tech fans don't want to hear that, but it's true. All right, it's true. You're committed to the guy for at least three seasons. You have to be. And you have to trust that Kirby Hocutt knew what he was doing with this hire, just like he did with Chris Beard, just like he did with Tadlock, and and see what what happens from there on out. It's the only way to play it. But they come out of the bye week. They go on the road to a tough place to play. And, I mean, it was a thing of beauty. So, This team is still playing for Matt Wells, and they got a great win on Saturday in Morgantown. They got pressure in the West Virginia backfield. They held uh, WVU to 2.8 yards per carry. Now, a lot of people have done that this year, but still. And then Jet Duffy looked really comfortable, really comfortable, all without T.J. Vasher, one of his top receivers who uh, didn't make the trip. So 
Uh, Jeff Duffy is quietly having a pretty darn good season for Matt Wells and the Red Raiders. And the offensive line played great for Tech. They did not allow any sacks by West Virginia, which is really the bread and butter. They're still his brothers on that front line, uh, are, are the meat and potatoes of that defense. And they tore up Baylor's offensive line last week. They did not do it against Tech. Zero sacks on the day. So great job by the Tech offensive line. For West Virginia, what do you do at quarterback? Jared Dagey played. They brought him in in relief of Austin Kendall. He got a big ovation from the Mountaineer faithful late in the third quarter. He played three drives. Those drives resulted in 17 passes from Dagey, 119 yards, one touchdown. The offense did, to his credit, appear more fluid. It was more in sync. But uh, you're playing against, you know, the second string, and you're playing against a prevent defense. So I'm not going to go crazy over Jarrett Dagey. But there's no doubt that this offense has major problems. It's not all Austin Kendall's fault, okay? It's not. He's got a limited offensive line and uh, no running game. So it's not always his fault. But over the past four games, West Virginia has failed to score 20 points in any one game. And the defense and special teams have scored 25% of the total points in the past month. That's unacceptable. I mean, that is unacceptable, especially in the Big 12. So uh, I'm fine giving the ball to Jared Dagey at quarterback because Austin Kendall, even yesterday, when he had some good passes, they weren't that good. They, they just weren't. Um, Austin Kendall had two big underthrows to Sam James. If he hit him in stride, it could have been uh, could have been six, but it wasn't. So I'm fine giving Jarrett Dagey uh, the ball. But don't pull, if you're Neil Brown, don't pull an Alex Delton, Skylar Thompson, where, you know, depending on which way the wind's blowing, this guy gets this drive, this guy gets that drive. You can't do it that way. If Dagey's going to be your guy, here's what I think West Virginia should do. They've got three games left, K-State, Oklahoma State, TCU. They'd have to win out to be bull eligible. They could be bull eligible going 5-7, and seven, depending how things break. You do what you think is best for this K-State game. If that's Austin Kendall, play Kendall. If it's Daigie, play Daigie. Whoever it is, you stick with them. At least, you know, for the first half. You can't go drive for drive for drive. If you lose against K-State, you play Daigie against OSU and TCU. That's it. And see what Daigie's got. And then let those two guys battle it out in 2020 for the starting job if you think they're uh, comparable. I mean, that's that's what you got to do. You got to see what Daigie's got. I don't see Austin Kendall being a quarterback that's going to help you compete for a Big 12 title next year. He's had three months now to shake off the rust since he hadn't really played since high school in North Carolina. And he just is not uh, not progressing well enough. He's just not. So I'm fine going to Daigie, but you got to then let it be his baby. Let him be the guy and see how it works out. And I, I buy in everything with what Neil Brown is selling, but that's the one thing he's got to make sure he does at quarterback to play it safe. Uh, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We're brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. Our picks, by the way, 4-0 this past week, all right? We hit... Iowa State plus 14, Kansas State plus 7, Tech minus 2.5, Baylor minus 2. We hit them all, baby. We're 6-1 and one the past two weeks. So get on that train. We're using mybookie.ag, 100% sign-up bonus with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. Love the platform. They've been great to work with, and they're helping us out. So I hope if you want to place a Big 12 bet, and by the way, you got three, four weeks left to do it. So, uh, you know, don't forget that. Time's running out. All right? You want to do it now, mybookie.ag promo code BIG12, BIG12. 
All right, let's now dive into the final two games of the weekend here in the Big 12. Kansas State and Texas. Uh, Kansas State, two quick scores. The atmosphere was dead at, um, at Darrell K. Royal Stadium down there in Austin. And this game could have spiraled the Texas season out of control, and we would have been talking about what's up with Tom Herman, is this program regressing? But now they're still in the Big 12 championship game mix. I mean, they're in the conversation. They've got to go to Iowa State next weekend, but this loss would have been crushing for Texas because suddenly you go from Big 12 championship game discussion to uh, can they reach a bowl game? I mean, that seriously would have been the discussion for the Texas faithful. But now you're still in the Big 12 mix. Yes, you need some help. But I believe this team in this game, down 14 nothing early against K-State, would have folded under previous regimes. So I will give Tom Herman and his coaching staff credit for not letting this team roll over, for getting the crowd back into the game as well, because the crowd was dead. I mean, it was dead in that first quarter on Saturday in Austin. They got back in. Texas wins the game on the ground, 214 rushing yards to 51 for K-State. Keontae Ingram, 16 carries, 139 yards and two scores, and they held the Wildcats to 2.0 yards per carry. That was great. Now, Texas has got to clean up. They've got to clean up the uh, the penalties. The penalties were not good for the Longhorns over the weekend. Um, nine penalties, 85 yards. But all in all, Texas out of a bye week, getting back on track, getting healthy in the secondary. Um, Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster, some nice wrinkles on that side of the ball. And then you have a really underrated group of skill guys in Ingram, Colin Johnson, and Devin Duvernay. I, I know we talk a lot about what OU's got, um, and we've been talking a lot about what Iowa State's got and Oklahoma State, guys like Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, who I know is banged up, but we talk about those guys all the time. Uh, it, it's rare that Texas is not talked about enough, um, but at least these individual players, their skill position players, pretty darn impressive. And they had good games yesterday, all three of them, Johnson, Duvernay, and Ingram. For Kansas State, uh, they are proving to be a tough out. Now, here's the deal. I don't think that any Kansas State fan is talking about moral victories because now you can't make the Big 12 championship game. But for a team that was picked to finish ninth in the conference this year, to be playing a game on November 9th and having a chance to still make a Big 12 championship game how do you not say that this season has been a massive success no matter what? How do you not say that? I mean, Coach Kleiman, what he is doing with these guys is fantastic. By the way, Chris Kleiman, underratedly jacked, I must say. Underratedly jacked. He had the, um, uh, the Army-style, uh, it wasn't a hoodie. It was like, you know, one of those long sleeve shirts on yesterday, uh, camouflaged. And, you know, underratedly jacked. For, uh, for not just Big 12 coaches, but college football coaches. And I was having a great conversation with Mitch Holtis, a voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, late last week. And uh, because I work in Kansas City, I do radio in Kansas City. And he was telling me that a lot of what Chris Kleiman is doing is things the Kansas City Chiefs do in terms of how they utilize their offensive line, how they're shifting guys in and out. 
And I was fascinated by that. Coach Kleiman is doing things that mostly only NFL guys are doing, and it's obviously working beautifully for him. So um, it's still a great story for this Kansas State team. We'll see if they're still ranked in the top 25. My hope is that Texas and Kansas State are still in that 21 to 25 range comes the college football playoff rankings this weekend. But let's see how that works. Um, the only critique I have right now for Kansas State in this game, in this loss to Texas over the weekend, was that they went away from the pass in the second quarter. Not not extensively, but enough. On Facebook Live, do you think K-State still has a shot to play in the Big 12 championship? No. Sorry, I do not, uh, Ramesh. I don't. I'm sorry. But, you know, K-State is uh, now has three Big 12 losses, so it's not going to happen. But they'll get to a good bowl game. And for a team that was picked to finish ninth in the conference, you got to be happy about that. I think you have to be very happy right now. Let's talk about the last last game of the day here for, uh, for the Big 12. It was Oklahoma and Iowa State. Let's get this out of the way off the top. Yes, there was pass interference. There was. There was pass interference in this game um, on that two-point conversion by Iowa State. Uh, no doubt about it. Parnell Motley basically tackled Petway before the ball was anywhere close to him, and he was not making a play on the ball. OU got away with that. And guess what? If you're an OU fan, that is why. That's why you don't complain about the Kansas State onside kick when it doesn't go your way. The calls over a season typically even out, okay? They do. You got away with one. You got away with one. And uh, if you want to say the ref should let him play, I'm, I'm typically for that. But that was a very obvious pass interference call that should have been called. All right. I understand. I understand that um, OU fans are going to say, well, there's other times Iowa State could have won the game. Yes, that's true. And there's other times you could have beaten Kansas State. Okay. So let's take a step back and realize that typically the calls work themselves out over a season's worth, over 12 games, and you can't blame your uh, failures in a game on a single call and then not allow the same thing in return the following week, which is what some of you fans are trying to do. It was pass interference, okay? But you won the game and you're still in the hunt for the college football playoff. Here's the biggest problem right now for OU. And by the way, I don't say that as a knock on OU fans. Let me make one thing clear as a Big 12 fan. I want to see every team win every game. Obviously, they can't in conference play. But I want to see all these Big 12 teams do as well as possible. It's good for OU. It's good for Heartland College Sports that OU's in the discussion for the college football playoff uh, and that you've got what could be a top 10 game this weekend between Baylor and Oklahoma. But I'm just calling it how it is, all right? That was pass interference. There's no doubt about it. Jalen Hurts, though, is not improving as a quarterback. I mean, this guy's got the best school skill position players in the Big 12, and he's not improving as a quarterback. I'm sorry he's not. And that is a major problem for this team if it wants to compete for a national championship. He's basically a running back who's got a good arm sometimes. That's what he is. And he has not improved at the quarterback position well enough here in recent weeks. He just has not done it. Uh, Questionable decisions yesterday. He should have been picked off three times in the first half. I mean, one should have been a pick six by Greg Eisworth. Uh, he's just not improving, and he's got the best skill position players around him and arguably the best offensive line in the Big 12. Oh, and the best offensive mind in Lincoln Riley in the league. 
But nice to see Kennedy Brooks getting the ball back. 15 carries for OU. Uh, but Jalen Hurts still led the team with 22 because he's a glorified running back. There are defensive growing pains. This team is missing John Michael Terry against the run especially. They've got a talented D, but it is young and it is thin. And uh, in that second half, when the offense scored a total of seven points, it did not help the defense. It did not help the defense at all in that game. So, uh, and by the way, OU fans, you guys left the game early. You know, I mean, the stadium was maybe half full. Half full at the end of that game. And I know it was a blowout at halftime, but OU fans, you're complaining about too many 11 a.m. kickoffs, and then you get a primetime game and you leave at halftime? I mean, what's that all about? Come on, man. I don't want to give you too hard a time, but I got to rib you a little bit here because that was unacceptable. I mean, don't, don't, don't become a spoiled fan base, all right? Don't do that. Love this team. Love this program. And you're up 21 at halftime, but, you know, if you're a college football fan and a Big 12 fan, you know that Iowa State is an explosive team. And I kept waiting for Iowa State to make a push. Did I think it would ever get that close? No. But I thought they'd make a, cu- a push because this team has fight to it. This Iowa State team has a lot of grit to it, and they showed that in a big way um, on Saturday, coming from 21 points down. So Iowa State, I mentioned the three missed interceptions in that first half. Uh, They outscore OU 27-7 in the second half. They've got four losses by 11 points. Penalties hurt them. They had 11 for 85 yards. That's very very un-Matt Campbell coach team-esque. If, the best, if that's the best way to put it. So there were other chances they had in this game. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but four losses by 11 points. I mean, two by a point, one by two points, one by seven points. That is as brutal as it gets. This team is five and four. That's not what any Iowa State fan was um, expecting at this point in the year. But when you've got four losses by 11 points, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough one to swallow. It's a very, very tough one to swallow. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We will be recapping the college football playoff rankings in the middle of this week, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast there. Uh, We have a lot that we are going to be diving into throughout the week as well. So be sure to go subscribe to our podcast. We put the midweek midweek shows only on podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please do leave a rating and review as well um, on the podcast. Helps us tremendously. I'll send you a free koozie if you do that. Just uh, email me a screenshot of and a a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo M U N D O at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much, guys. And also MyBookie.ag promo code Big One Two. That's Big Twelve for a one hundred percent sign up bonus. Our picks four and zero this past weekend, six and one the last couple of weeks. So get on board now. MyBookie.ag promo code Big Twelve for a one hundred percent sign up bonus. I'm Pete Mundo. We're HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon.